Hi everyone, welcome to another episode of Top 5 Films, brought to you by John and Jack. Hi guys. I'm Jack, you're John. Hello, yes, I'm John. <laughs> um, Great to be here again. Yeah. Um, so today's episode we're going to do horror films, which I have to admit I'm not looking forward to because I'm finding it really, really difficult to get the top five of this. Um, so we are going to start with the IMDb list. So the IMDb list, top five horror films of all time. Number five, Halloween. Oh, yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, J.B. Lee Curtis. Big film. Great. Big Mike film. Myers. Not the Mike Myers, but Mike no. Myers. Groovy baby. Um, number four, Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Oh, yeah, well, I can Iconic. see you. Number three, The Shining. Yes. Epic. Number two, The Exorcist. Well, The Exorcist is standout, really. Another um, epic. Yeah, epic, but I think there's reasons for that. There's so much behind The Exorcist, it's unbelievable. Yeah. Um, and number one, The Evil Dead. Right. Mm. So, so the the Evil Dead, not the Sam Raimi Evil Dead. Yes, the Sam Raimi. Oh right, okay, okay, cool. What do you think? It was like a more modern one. Well, I, th- I think it's been remade or like something like that. But that's great okay. to hear. I mean, Sam Raimi is like an absolute hero of mine. Like, okay. Well, because of the Evil Dead, I guess. Shopping more zombies. <laughs> yeah. Um. So I I did really struggle with this, and actually, I probably put in a couple of these that I'm not really happy with but what I really struggle with this is I think there's a massive difference between horror and thriller and I think people get caught up in thriller films thinking they're horror films and so let's talk about that a little bit for a minute because to be a horror film you need to be thrilled don't you in a particular way yes so you need to be scared and thrilled but not not like a thriller film, which I would call maybe a, a, one of the Jack Ryan films yeah. or something like that. That's slightly yeah, different. Exactly. I think a horror film has to have almost no motive, no logic. And I think just and I think there's probably either got to be psychological horror, or jump scare, or gore, uh, or yeah. a combination or of a those lot three. Of, yeah, exactly. Um, so I mean, there's a couple of films I think of when I look at thrillers. So we, we did a bit of research into this and a lot of lists has Get Out really high up in the horror films. I'm thinking, well, Get Out is an amazing film, but I wouldn't put it as a horror film. So that's interesting because Get Out, as you say, great film, absolutely love it to bits. British actor in there as well, so a little bit biased. It's also, and what happens with these lists is the more recent films which are good tend to get very high up the ratings and over time there's a passage where people like get a little bit more retrospective and go actually benchmarked against other films where do they actually lie Mm. and so I mean there's another film that is a I'm really big fan of Pan's Labyrinth. Oh well, that's that's amazing. So that's but um, again, I'd put that as a thriller at, at best. I think it's actually a fantasy it's thriller. Definitely a fantasy like, film. It's not a horror film. It's got it's dark. It's got elements of thriller. But again, you could almost do a podcast on Guillermo del Toro, though, couldn't you? Yeah. So that's a different. So we could thing do altogether. a Guillermo del Toro one. We could do a thriller, not a horror podcast. Mm-hmm. Obviously, today's about horror, right? So. Um, I kicked off the last. So, so I think we need to quantify this. This is like almost classic horror, 
Wow, well, yeah. Sort of stuff. But I guess there's a few films that you might put in there more recent. Like, okay. I know that, you know, there's things like Cabin in the Woods, there's yeah. like Spit on Your Grave or whatever it is. There's yeah. like really big ticket gore stuff as well. Or, or it's scary because there's seemingly no motive. It's like, you know, you're chasing. I know what you did last summer type stuff. Yeah. Like that, that, that I'd say is a horror. Yeah. Um, but yeah it's difficult to quantify and actually when you when you break it down in that way there seems to be a lot more horrors in the past than there have in the present but I think the genre's moved on hasn't it and I think there's more psychological horrors happening in the last couple of decades than ever before the, the genre's moved on quite substantially yeah. you had a lot of that um, found footage was like yeah, something that like happened that. in like the 90s and the noughties um, different sort of uh, the movement of horror has moved on. If you go back to like maybe the the twenties and thirties, it was like the black and white, like mm. Boris Karloff stuff. That you had the Hammer House of Horror movement and stuff like that. And it's kind of like it's a really interesting genre and how it's moved on. So I don't think there's the definition of horror is what what you want to take from it a little bit. But I don't really want to go into the thriller piece exactly, either. Yeah. So I think there's what is classic. Well, that's up for debate, isn't it? We'll do a separate one then. So I kicked off the last one on war films, so I think you should kick off this one. All right. On okay. horror. So one film that is in the top five that I would absolutely cement definitely in the top five is The Exorcist. Okay, so it's in my list as well. Yeah, okay. So, I mean, I think that's absolutely solid top five film. Um, loads of reasons why I mean it was genuinely scary absolutely shocking there was lots of stories about it when it came out people going to the cinema uh, coming Throwing out up yeah, all that thoughts. kind of stuff lots of on set sort of um, what year were they stories. going to the cinema John to watch that well that would have been in the 70s yeah and I would have said maybe about 77 <laughs> <laughs> No. No, earlier. 73. Damn, I was... I was oh, God, I'm way out. No, not that bad, but, you know... Um, okay. I remember a lot of those stories as well. Really interesting, though, like... Like people coming out of the cinema being possessed. But, yeah, and I've watched that film several times, and it is... I don't know, it's a different class, isn't it? It's genuinely scary. Yeah. It's really twisted. It's dark. It's stuff that people have never seen then before so and they've never seen since but I don't think I've seen a film since where a girl has yeah. penetrated herself with a crucifix so it's a girl there's religion yeah. there's self mutilation yeah. there's also a sea bomb the sea bombs yeah. all over that um, there's a priest questioning himself as well yeah. um, there's there's a special effects going on in that yeah. as well, which is quite groundbreaking. But it's quite dark. There's also the soundtrack to it, which is obviously oh, yeah. the Mike Ophield sort of like stuff going on. I think that's really good. I think it's Mike Ophield, isn't it? Uh, let me just check. I was just looking actually on what else the director has done. Um, not actually much since then. No offense, but yeah. Um, Jack Niche, Nietzsche. Okay. was the soundtrack the music oh, oh okay who's actually it's a lady sorry it's Bern, Bernard Alfred Nitsch okay. professionally known as Jack Nish okay I know it's a he sorry is it oh, crossed uh, we'll have to edit the, the picture looks like a <laughs> edit um, okay but, but you know the um, 
the music in that film. What, just a couple of piano notes, yeah. right? Dun, dun, dun. Was it, was it, who was it who did that? I thought it was Mike Oldfield. Absolutely off my head if it's not. What is considered as the theme from Exorcist, yeah. which opens the first part of Tubular Bells, yeah, so it is became very popular after the film's released, although Oldfield himself was not impressed with the way his work was used, so right. it's, it's a regurgitation of okay. the beginning of part of one of his songs. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's probably a really good yeah. little bit of pub quiz knowledge there. Okay. Um, but yeah, amazing film. Um, you know, look at what your <laughs> daughter is doing. Yeah. You know, iconic line: vomiting bile, head spinning, and do you think crawling on the ceiling. In fact, it reminds me of the Enfield possession. Or whatever Absolutely, it's yeah, really yeah. good. And I think well, why does the Exorcist stand out? Obviously, all that stuff when the, when the film came out and what have you. But there's got to be a legacy behind these things. Why do these things stand out? Like when we were talking about the war films, I think there's like a legacy. There's like it, it, there's something that either you're left with when you come out of a cinema or when you watch a film. It's quite haunting. Excuse the pun. But we'll. there's also lots of nods to it. It's so iconic that other films or parodies of it have been made, which. They might be mocking it, but if you're mocked, it's the greatest form of flattery. Oh, yeah, and actually, you know, whilst it is dark and people, like you said, people throwing up, being possessed, I've just read that there were reports of people having heart attacks in cinemas. People want to see, people want to be scared, so they're going to see it. Absolutely. What's what's really interesting for me, I've just read a a fact as well, Mark Commode, big fan of Mark Commode, um, named it his favourite film of all time. So yeah. that's a pretty punchy statement. Pretty punchy. Um, but yeah, no. Big really fan of Mark Commode actually. Yeah. Does that film program? Yeah. yeah, really good. Um, so you got the year right. What are you saying? For no, I was four years out with the. Year. No, you got yeah, you four years out with the year. But at least you got the right decade. Um, what are you saying for budget and box office? Oh well, the budget. Um, so what we're we saying seventy five three. three. <laughs> um, Oh my god! I mean, maybe maybe like ten million, twelve million. Okay, sure. so yeah. not bad on budget. Box office taking. I mean, that was a big hit. Even though it was probably like a at the time, I don't think they had eighteen. They had like X-rated um, versions of films, didn't they? So they had like triple X-rated. And I think probably The Exorcist was a triple X-rated, which obviously would exclude the audiences now where they did like 12 A's and stuff like that and that's another conversation altogether about how films are classified to get audiences in yeah there's a huge amount of controversy about yeah. about this with The Exorcist because he apparently the director wanted it to be R rated not X rated yeah, so X rated like was a, basically just reserved for porn at the yeah, time yeah. whereas R rated apparently R, the difference between X and R rated is that R rated you can take a child in yeah. but it has to be accompanied by so the like adult so like an old 15 if you like yeah accompanied by an adult yeah um, when R rated would be a PG wouldn't it maybe well an exorcist wouldn't be a PG well no no, no R rated is I don't know maybe we'll have to look this up but PG is just, just parental guidance whereas okay. I think the the UK 12 and 15 and stuff which I'm not sure if it exists anymore was you have to be that old to see it you're irrespective right, okay. of an adult I think ok so I think the triple X rated was probably like our now equivalent of an 18 
Okay. So anyway, because of that, I almost think the box office takings they should be very, very large because it was a massive thing. But I'm also yeah, trying people to... People had to go and see it, right? Yeah, people had to go and see it, but I also think it was banned and banned and banned. So yeah. even in North America, they probably banned it in loads of states I think as it well. was cut a lot as well, because I think the director so wanted I'm more blood, more gore, more yeah, stuff. So. Yeah. so I'm thinking in terms of box office takings, I think it's probably lower than what I think. So what, a £12 million production 12, film, yeah. I'm thinking maybe 80 Okay, 80, so that's really, really good guess. Um, obviously, again, Wikipedia stats, yeah. IMDb stats, you never quite know. 441 million. Okay, so <laughs> I'm almost there. <laughs> I mean, 8 is divisible by 4. That's not bad. So. Um, way off. Mm, really interesting. So that must have been one of the highest grossing films in that decade. Which is crazy, considering it was an X-rated film. People must have gone and seen that time and time so again. So, it mainly earned money through reissues. Right. Okay. So this is different. This is a different yeah. conversation, right? Okay. But they did on on so on the, on Wikipedia, for instance, that I'm using for research. It does say box office, whereas when you okay. get into detail, it's took seven million in the opening weekend. 66 million in distribution okay. rights and then an extra 300 after reissues but yeah. the reissues were still in the cinema but it makes it the, the ninth highest grossing film of all time in the US and Canada really? and the top grossing R rating film of all oh time oh my god although Deadpool must have rated quite taken <laughs> quite a lot in the box office so we'll have to look that up separately. That's really interesting. I, I reckon Deadpool must have taken more than 400 million oh, in the office. Oh, easily. So I don't know how old these facts are. That's crazy. I love the fact that The Exorcist, in its opening weekend, literally re- almost recuperated its production costs. So, see, this says Deadpool's taken 780 million. So there's probably a cro- time of publishing, obviously yeah, correct, yeah, yeah. but... Interesting. Anyway, so Exorcist is a big shout. It's on my list as well. Okay, so it's one off each. Okay, go on. I'll go for the next one. So I'm going to go in. Easy one, this one. On The Shining. Oh, great. So, show, amazing film. Love Jack Nicholson. Yeah. I've got a typewriter in my office. I bought a vintage typewriter because nice. I love it. Are you, are you Tom Hanks? No. I wish I was. Okay. Um, got a vintage typewriter in my I office. I wish you were Tom Hanks, by the way, as yeah. well. Yeah. I think we all do. Um, vintage typewriter in my office. I, when I bought it, I thought this is lovely. I'm not going to use it at all. It's just for show, but you know, investment kind of thing. But one of the first things I did was get a piece of paper and yeah. write "All work and no play makes Jack, you know, a dull boy." And awesome. then I put it on the typewriter. And hopefully one day my wife will see that. So good. Will she be alive? Well, I don't know. She or will she be, be running through a hedgerow in the snow? Yeah. Or, I don't know, running away from an escalator of blood, so uh, lift of blood. Um, red, so red rum, red, red rum. rum. Red rum. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's a great shout there. Incredible film, obviously Kubrick, like yes. absolutely mental. Kubrick, get, we'll, we'll get many, many mentions over this podcast, I'm yeah. sure. I watched a documentary recently, actually. it's about an hour-long documentary on the hidden messages within The Shining, okay. and I'll put it out there, I reckon 90% of that was just sort of false to be honest like oh incidental just, coincidental or just making know. stuff up right like, 
but I don't know, right? So it'd be like, oh, the colour of the typewriter dictated that Kubrick was in denial of the Holocaust and stuff like that. And I'm just like, how wow. do you know that? Like, That's anyway, so off, subjective. Oh. I don't want to badmouth any documentaries, but yeah. there's obviously a lot of hidden meanings. Kubrick's a genius, right? He's putting loads of stuff out there. So it, it's difficult, but... Um, Apart from my wife, shop with a different podcast. Yeah, <laughs> different podcast. Um, there's just, I don't know where to even start with The Shining. There's so many complications. I think the documentary is actually called room 237 or something which is the same name same number as the room is that where he goes into the bar almost yeah. back in time into the hotel where it's all in full swing the, and the room the number the oh room. right okay ah oh, damn it I'm going to have to look this up um, let's do that this is important like I think it is room it is room 237 so that's the room and I think there's a film the called room yeah. yeah with so John Cusack actually. I don't want to bad mouth that documentary but I did watch it and think there's a lot of stuff in here that you know Okay. I remember taking English in school and I was like, I'm pretty sure the poet didn't didn't think of that meaning for that poem. Like, he didn't just when come he, out. When he wrote, you know, I wander lonely as a cloud, he didn't think about the suppression of the Haitian public during the, okay. you know, civil war. I think okay. he was just saying I'm a bit lonely. It's just, that's yeah. the way it goes. But whatever. So, anyway, so, like, obviously, you've got the ending. Yeah. of The Shining yeah. how, how to break that down you've got it's a very complex troubling film actually it's not I mean this is really interesting so you could just like finish the conversation about The Shining now or we could move you know move on but I think there is so much to explore yeah, we'll with that film it's unbelievable um, I found it's troubling and dark and that is what makes a great horror film mm. It was frightening. Because yeah. there is so much to discuss about it. It's layered, it's troubled, um, there's great actors in it, there are children in it, um, it's psychological, there are jump scares in it, yeah. there's a bit of gore, there's, there's a bit stuff of gore, there. there's a lot of blood in it. A lot of blood, there's, there's weird stuff in there, there's like yeah. psychological. And I, and I love the fact that, what, what year, 74? Ah. Uh, Way off. I mean, maybe in the next couple of podcasts, you get me to guess. Yeah, I think so, because I'm, I'm, I'm losing I'm it now. I'm going to have 80. Okay. But um, still... But it was very 70s in theme. F- like, it felt like yeah. 70s. Actually, I found the hotel actually quite romantic. I actually thought, that's a, a, what a cool hotel. Like, you know, huge, expansive. Do you There's think a bit of CGI film, going on, but... Do you think that film is about man's isolation and going mad? And it's all a fantasy and just going absolutely loopy. What is that film actually about? It's a really good question. Okay, because we're spending some time on this, but it's we're like... Spending some, I find it really difficult to answer with the ending. Right. Because so explain that then. The, the picture at the end... Yeah. Spoiler alert, obviously, but when you see Jack in the picture from like 20 years before the yeah, event yeah. at the Grand Ball or whatever yeah. and you're like what is this even real like but that's the point isn't it yeah, is, but it, is it all just I'm, part of me are we it, in somebody's head here yeah that's what I'm, so actually I'm not like is it I'd, real part of me even thinks it's not even real so it's not even a story about a man going insane because it, it's not even a man it's just what a thought or just it's just hallucinogen he's just you know Sixth Sense, you know, sort okay. of thing. He's just another p- dead person. <laughs> nice. Amongst, I don't know. It's great. I love that. I mean, that's, well, I don't know, that's probably 
deep pretty dark. weak response to no, essentially no. hours of but everybody, theory but that's the beauty of having different thoughts about your translation of that film why not so that's why it needs to be in there yeah that's okay. why that's what we're talking about so 1980 budget box office um 20 good shout 19 wow I'm actually getting better at Good production values than actually box office takings. What the hell's going on? Okay, and takings. I so takings, for, so this says just North America, so I'm just trying to find out why. But yeah, so... Okay. So, so takings at the box office. We'll have to have a look at takings then, won't we? What do you reckon takings at the box office for North America? Um, because it seems to have just then gone to home media after that. So wow. it's still a bit of a cult film. Um, 80? 45. That's crazy. But just in North America again. Yeah. So. Well, we need to get some... Okay, so we need to fine-tune our, um, our findings here. Because we're talking about this, but we're not giving anything to the listeners. That's concrete, are we? We're it's not, interesting. We're not also... We've obviously uncovered the potential need, which is presumably why those filmmakers of the Room 237 did an entire film on it. But there is an article here that says, at the end of the film, camera moves slowly towards a wall at the Overlook Hotel and a 1921 photograph to reveal Jack in the middle of a party. Okay. Kubrick overtly declared that the photograph suggests he was a reincarnation of an earlier official at the hotel. Right. But this has not stopped interpreters from developing alternative readings to this. Okay. Um, so I'm just going to stop there because there's loads more stuff to say. But can, I, can I just ask, was this, based, was this a Stephen King film book or any time or anything like that? Or was it just a Kubrick thing? It's based on Stephen King's book, The Shining. Right. There was also a series that was made out of Stephen King's book okay. l- much later on. It was like a three-part thing, <laughs> like a two-hour thing, yeah, yeah. but was critically acclaimed okay. to be exceptional, so wow. worth watching. Anyway, so that that was my... Different, on different my list. Was that on your list or not? No, huh? it wasn't. But, Savage. But absolutely... Knocked out of the park there. So, but we've had one each, and we've had a crossover. The Exorcist. So what's your next one? Definitely. Um, so, almost a personal favourite of mine um, is the thing, and it's it's an interesting one because for me, there's two versions of the thing. There's the original black and white one. Yeah. And growing up watching black and white horror films was part of my childhood. Absolutely amazing, but the one that really, really knocked out of the park was um, the thing. Um, the remake. Yeah, the remake with Kurt Russell yeah. in it, and um, it was the the special effects were something else in this. I just remember a dog's head splitting into quarters I remember um, some bloke's head dropping off a table and turning into a spider and crawling across the room and I remember they were doing the blood test in the room to find out who actually had uh, contracted this alien life form and who was really the thing crawling around in 
um, this closed community. Um, I don't know whether it was Alaska or something like that, but it's like, who is the thing? And it was just like, this. they did the Petri dish test. Yeah. And it's this thing just like sprouting out of it and all hell broke loose. And it's like, that went mental. And then that moment, you know, like talking about cranking up the tension, it was unbelievable. Big film, iconic, big director, big cast. Uh, director James Cameron? No. Um, mm. Directed by, go on. John Carpenter. Oh, God, John Carpenter. Savage. Savage. What year, do you know what year? 80, ooh, I would go with about 80, uh, 84. 82. You're close there, it's not bad, two years off yeah, not bad. Yeah, I should get that though. Um, okay. So, big, great film, really scary, obviously, like, in, for me, watching that, I was like, interesting concept because it's not in suburbia. It's you know in the Antarctic, we're in the middle of nowhere. Claustrophobia, you can't escape. But you've got a bit of agoraphobia there as well. Agoraphobia, yeah. But claustrophobia and agoraphobia, yeah. You can't escape, but also if you did escape, there's nothing to escape. Where are you going to go to? Yeah, beautiful. Um, so lovely. I like it. I think um, a lot of films around that time that had that same theme, but that okay. was the one that stood out. I mean, a lot of stuff like by John Carpenter, like The Fog. Yeah. Um, yeah, you had a lot of stuff in the eighties. We could we could spin off into eighties horror and sci-fi, but that was a standout one for me. Not on my list. Got them. Oh, are we talking production and? Budget and box office. Yeah, got them. Budget and budget and box office. Oh, would you mind passing me the? Um, Red wine. What are we drinking tonight, Jack? Black Stump. Oh, Black Stump. Other and other wines. If anyone fancies giving us a sponsorship shout, available. Um, again, but that sounds really good. I bet it really does. Um, again, production here seems straightforward. Box office seems to be North America only. Again, on the facts. Okay. So, guys listening, you know, I'm looking at a couple of sources here. Uh, we're doing this on the fly. I'm not doing a huge amount of research before. I should be doing that. Great. I, mean, I appreciate that. But it, I'm working with what I've got. So, it, it, yeah. Back in. Yeah. so budget and box office. Oh. 83? 83 on the budget. I reckon that would have been... That would have been pr- pretty high-end, actually. Um, I'm going to go for, like, 25... So it was the forty-second highest-grossing film of nineteen eighty-two. Oh really? Okay. <laughs> the budget was fifteen million. Oh, okay. box office was nineteen million. Oh wow! So this is almost going into cult now, but aren't the, we? But again, the box office says North America only. Oh, okay. But there's some of these box office figures are allowing for slight distribution and DVDs and the rest of it. But anyway, so and good I'm shout. Wonder, and I'm wondering whether. I've got like a little bit of a, you know, all that special effects stuff was around because of like things like Thriller and the John Landis yeah. American Werewolf in London, so it'd been done so they could reproduce it. But even then, prosthetics and stuff like that is still relatively cheap when you compare it to scale or CGI yeah. and stuff. But okay, so I'm going to move on now to my next one, which actually some people may argue could be thriller esque, but I, I cannot leave it out. 
Because well, it's got to be a horror. I don't know. It scared me a lot when I watched it. For the okay, first well that's time. well that's fine then. But I don't know what other genre you would put it. in. Is it Bugsy Malone? No, because that scared me. Well, because of children. Mm. Just children. It was just wrong. Children dressed up as adults. <laughs> we could have been anything that way. Wanted, don't nice segue <sighs> yeah. into. Well, not it's not, not really a segue at all. <laughs> um, oh, see, I. I I'm gonna Do I have to now guess? No, because I think people are going to put this as a thriller, and I'm going to contradict myself what I said earlier about Get Out of Pan's Labyrinth, but I found it frightening. Is it Labyrinth? No. Okay. That, what, the David Bowie film, yeah. Labyrinth? That, is one, that, is, that would get in my top list of all time. So in the last, Are you in the last kidding me? I said Sleepers is in there, Labyrinth we're getting there as well. Right, so I'm sorry listeners, while I take Jack into a dark basement, execute what, like him. Sleepers? Well, so, I, went to, I went to the cinema to see Labyrinth. Yeah, one of my favourite films of all time. Uh, Jennifer Connelly. Jennifer Connelly. Yeah. David Bowie. You remind me of the babe, what babe, the babe with the power, power of... Really weird film. Voodoo. I came out... Voodoo, do what remind me of the babe. <laughs> Okay, absolutely beautiful. Um, not in my top fifty. That's okay, but I mean, it's, honestly, it's one of my. I think it's Great. amazing. Anyway, so, so I'm going. People are going to say this is thriller, but I'm saying it's horror. Waiting, waiting. Spielberg. Okay, so oh, Dreyfus. Okay, I know what you're on about now. Jaws. So, this is really interesting. Really interesting because, yeah, there's a big jump scare in Jaws, right? Massive jump scare. Um, there's a big question over Jaws because is it about a shark? And I, and I am definitely quoting Commode and Mayo film yeah. review stuff here. Um, or is it about a relationship? About, you know, there's a beast to conquer, does it exist, and all that kind of stuff. So, it, no, when you say that, it, it does grasp me as a strange theme for Spielberg to, to latch on to, unless there's something else going on there. It wouldn't be as easy, right, as just there's a shark attack. But at the same time, no one's ever done a film like that. In that so, way, right? so it's for me. So it, it's, it's categorised as American thriller. It's a monster movie, yeah. Which is a horror movie because it is full of tension. There is a beast that everybody's afraid of, and it needs to be conquered. And it's about people going out, facing the fears, and dealing with it. So, yeah, I get that. Could be. That's a horror film. What year? Um, 74. 75, good Bol- shot. Oh, so, sorry, listeners. Good shot, though. Bollards. In a, Very close. In a Boyd's kind of swimming in bollards. Um, oh, budget and box office. That was set in Amityville, so there is a link to horror films here. You could say that. And it's Spielberg who has done other films, other horror films. Okay. Can I just say, one of my favourite film shots of all time 
was in what Jaws. Was it called? Yeah, it's called um, it's called um, the Dolly Zoom. So, so any any listeners will get foreground this. Foreground comes forward, background goes backwards. Basically, yeah. yeah. So it's like the, the reverse zoom camera shot. Iconic again, with which Hitchcock did a lot of from in a, Vertigo and stuff like that. From a from a John Williams viewpoint, mm-hmm. you know, with Spielberg. Probably some of the best money he's ever earned for what two two notes three notes. How simple is that? But very effective. And also, I said in a previous podcast, big fan of Richard Dreyfus. Yeah. Uh, so who are the other actors in there? Schneider. Yeah, I love Schneider. Sorry, Roy Schneider. Robert Shaw. Well, Robert Shaw is standout. And obviously there's been some sequels and stuff, but not as good. But what are we saying for budget and box office? Okay, so I reckon the budget... So what year? 73? 75. 75, God. Um, maybe 20? 10. Uh, okay, I am well off then, so I'm twice. I've done that. I reckon box office takings were massive on that. Yeah, I reckon they were huge. 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 I'm going to go like... I don't know, maybe three fifty. Four seventy. Oh god, that was huge. Good shout. Big, it was big, a big film, wasn't it? Big film. Um, yeah, but I guess again, you might not categorise it as a, as a horror. But anyway, that's mine. So great shout. Great shout, the jaws. Actually, I think that's really impressive to pull pull that one in. Love that. Um, I'm going to go with um, a film which. Um, I watched on VHS, did the rounds, and you couldn't get it out of your local video store for love nor money. So back in the day, you had to get it down the playground on pirate. Okay, down the playground. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, because if you wanted it out of the local video rental store, this is pre Blockster. Manuel, are you? This is pre pre pre. Well, that was dead rounds as well. So pre Blockbuster. Basically, one video shop down the corner shop, like acting as a news agent to give you videos. Um, you had like a, a six week waiting list or something like that. Okay. So, a Nightmare on Elm Street. Okay, yeah, great. And obviously, Johnny Depp throwing a hand in there as well, doing his bit. But Freddy Krueger, I, I mean, mean, talk about dreams going to sleep. Preying on like your deepest what, fears. What a concept, though. What like, a great concept. Also, it, 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 we're saying about horrors, it bridges that gap between doesn't have to have a logic, but also actually that has enough motive or logic to me to be that scary. That, oh, well, that was a psychological it, it's, it's thing. It's just about dreaming and he's going to get me in my yeah. dreams. Yeah. So, where, so where, there's no where, escape. Whereas it's not some killer who's relentlessly pursuing people for absolutely no reason yeah. without a motive. It is, well, in a way, it is, but. It, it feels like oh god, like I'm most vulnerable when I'm asleep. And yeah. I, well, you should be me. your most safe and, you, and, and get qu- your most peace. Qu- quite a oh. simple, quite a simple, scary mm. sort of character, you know, stripe jumper, trilby, claw. And what was that? What was the, Was that like a gardener's glove or something? Well, it was a gardener's glove, but it had claws in yeah, it. Yeah, it had like sharpened knives. Or something. It was like Eddie. Edward Scissorhands but yeah. hedge trimming gloves or something. Nice Johnny Depp tie in there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so I mean I don't think there's a lot to be said about that, but just a really bloody scary film. I mean horrendous. What year? Scary. What year are we saying? So definitely eighties. I'll probably go for eighty four. Yes. Oh yeah, it's yes. back in the game. Straight on the nose. Um budget and box office. Mm. 
sorry, who directed this, this film? This is classed by a, um, a supernatural slasher film. Who, um, this was like off the um, director who did all these kinds of things. Oh, yeah. What was his name? Oh, yeah. You'll get it. Come on. Famous. Yeah, massively famous. The most famous. Yeah. Um, I'll give you. I'll give you. The Hills Have Eyes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you need. That's to what he's done. Uh, Swamp Thing, which, by yeah, the way, yeah, you, like, you can name all the films of the world, but it's like the guy. Um, oh, gee, I, I keep on thinking Eli Wallach, but it's no. not. It's nothing like that. It's like. Um, uh, give me a clue. Give me his first. I'll give you the first name. Wes. Oh, okay. So it's Craven, <laughs> absolutely nailing it. Yeah. So, who, who actually did do? I think. Oh, yeah, that's a different thing. Anyway. Who, by the way, um, died mm. in 2015, which mm. I thought he actually died longer ago than that. Anyway, so budget and box office. So the budget for that was 84. I'm thinking. 84. I'm thinking. I, I'm just going to go with another 20 million in there. 1.8 million. Wow. Yeah. Utterly so nuts. Cheap. But I suppose you've got no known actors in there. Wow. Even the guy who played Freddy Krueger, I think, hasn't done much. I might get might embarrass myself by saying that. Well, he went on to do like five or six <laughs> follow-ups, didn't he? Yeah. Freddy's Revenge and all that kind of stuff. What do you think for box office? 1.8. I reckon that took a hell of a lot, actually. I reckon that was like 150. I know Robert England. Mm. Yeah, he did. Yeah. So, yeah. He's done a lot. I apologise. But but he's obviously been typecast in yeah, that yeah. role. Yeah, he's a horror film specialist, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, God, I'm doing a film podcast and I don't even know that. Um, 25 million in the box office. Oh, really? So I think it was so big began though. quite cultish. Yeah, it's funny how time plays tricks on you. Yeah. So 1.8 made 25, so a huge success. Hence why there was loads of oh, follow-ups. How, how many? <coughs> how many? Six remakes and sequels. Well, I know there's a there was five at least. I remember going to see Freddy the Third in 3D at the cinema. Six sequels. Six, so it was right. Good shot. And there's been some spin-offs and other yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Blah, blah, blah. He turned, he's turned up in other films. And stuff okay, like but not on my list. Okay. Um, so, I've got two now. Go on then. I've got also an honourable mention. Honourable um, mention we like. So, which one would you like? Would you like Curveball, Classic, or Honourable Mention? I like a classic, please. So, The Fly. Oh, yes. Absolutely. Um, which has to be, you were saying earlier about the thing with the gore. Mm. Easily one of the goriest films I ever saw at the time. And the so, are you talking about the Jeff Goldblum, Jeff Goldblum film? Fly. or the original? Right, Jeff okay. Goldblum Fly. Um, so, there's a scene in it where someone gets the head caught in an elevator. And the head basically explodes. Nice. But it's obviously graphic, but yeah. it's real. In at the same time, it's not CGI or anything. It's you know grim, but that has always stuck with me. Okay. 
And did you like the old, you know, there's some science behind it about teleportation. Teleportation. You suddenly got on New Yorker. Teleportation. Yeah, and and I don't know, I'd like to see a bit more of that, but, you know, unlikely hero, not hero, but unlikely, you know, lead in Jeff Goldblum. Yeah. But, um... I, I, I like the fact that I was in it. Do, do, do you remember the arm wrestling in the bar? No. Where he broke somebody's arm? No. In the bar? And it obviously has Gina Davis in it, who was a goddess. And her, like, remember the apes? They, they were like, how is... the apes? They were, what, they chimpanzees, baboons, or whatever. But, but like, yeah, they were going mental, yeah. But, like, um, Gina Davis obviously, like, hooked up with Jeff Goldblum, and he, he's, like, obviously having sex and it's like she was like oh god the sex is amazing he was just like humping her like because well, he was a crazy fly. yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. And i remember getting all like sweaty and shit and like fucking yeah. fever and stuff and then he, he basically turned inside out and, like puking up on food and going oh this is really nice yeah. like, like, really disturbing i showed that to my mum and dad about five years ago i said you need to watch because they they remember the original fly i said oh you need to watch the remake and um Made my mum and dad watch it. My mum said, I can't get that film out of my head. I never yeah. want to re- watch it's it again. It's like a film that I never ever it's want to see again. Bit, isn't it? Like the throwing up bit, the fingernails falling off, if mm-hmm. you remember that. Mm-hmm. Like, if something's wrong, like, it's like so dark. But yeah, anyway, so what year do you reckon? Well, 85. 86. <clears throat> big show. Box office and budget and box office. Pretty heavy, although it's kind of like claustrophobic film. I think it was well produced. I would go for about maybe fifteen million quid. Fifteen million pounds budget. Hello. Correct. On I've the nostrils. A, I've hit a bullseye. I might That's buy a lottery ticket, Jack. Yeah, I think you should. Or reach out to Jeff Goldblum, who's playing at Glastonbury this weekend. Yeah, he is. Yeah. <laughs> and we're obviously we're recording this podcast while Glastonbury is on. In the garden, in the searing heat. Um, so sympathy our way, please. That'd be great. Um, so um, fifteen minutes. Yeah, I reckon the takers were pretty lumpy because that was a really big film. I'm, I'm, I'm going to shove. I'm going to shove like eighty million down there. Sixty. Okay, so I'm getting back in the game here. So it won an Academy Award as well. For special effects, for best makeup. Yeah. Okay. Which obviously he transforms over a period of time, doesn't he? Into yeah, flying, he gets really, really ill and stuff. Oh, I love that. But that, something about the horror movie, especially the eighties ones. Yeah. About like gr- gr- gritty makeup, right? Yeah. And again, different podcast, but like the makeup and special effects and Total Recall. Yeah. It's real. Yeah. You know, it's not CGI stuff, which is impressive. It is someone has created that. Yeah. That makes it to me more real. It's amazing how actually I think. Some of the special effects within that era, they really progressed massively. Yeah. And there's a lot to be said about how films were made and mm. how the special effects really came on because of the horror film genre. You got to think, if it wasn't for horror films, you wouldn't get the kind of stuff that we see now. Yeah. They're really pushing the boundaries. Hands down, yeah. Great. So yeah. So okay. I've got one left. You've got what? One left? Two left? I don't know. Yeah. Um, I was going to say. I mean, there's there's a few here, and like, well, it's five. So, how many have you got left? <laughs> I don't know. Um, I think there's probably like 
just just on the eighties thing, there's a few that I was going to say like scanners. Do you remember scanners where the he- where the bloke's head blew up? Because you mentioned yeah. that earlier, so that's not there. But I just that's an honourable mention. I just want to have a nod in yeah. there. Um, there was a very disturbing film called The Medusa um, Touch. Okay, not no, seen no, that. Yeah, you need to see that. Not in my top five. Um, I think there is one film that I do need to have a nod to because it was a genre. What, uh, is this breaking. in the top five or not we mentioned? No, it's in the top five. It needs to be in the top yeah. five because it did start a movement. That's Blair Witch. Because it was the original found footage. Very low budget, and we'll get on to budgets and stuff. Crazy like low budget, like in the thousands, I think. Yeah, but yeah. people were talking about it, made a massive movement, and it was like, here's a film that was almost about nothing. People just travelling around in the woods yeah. trying to find something or a a spectre or it was like oh something may exist is it really true we go on a ghost hunt sort of thing very innocent and yeah about, it's like, about witch, right but actually so before we get on to this this brings me on to my honorable mention which is a fan footage film which is as above so below so this is about some students or some guys who are basically actually some archaeologists they are they're looking for the holy grail okay get pointed towards the catacombs under paris which is like you know big overflow cemetery under the streets of paris to bury the dead for like hundreds of years and they get caught up in some supernatural stuff and it's a found footage thing so they're they're running around underground the catacombs of paris trying to find the holy grail just for the listeners what's this one called as above so below okay um, I I thought it was actually really good, but it's it's been picked out a lot in holes and stuff. But again, I think we could do another podcast on found footage because I really like the Troll Hunter. Okay, yeah, it's just yeah. like Swedish, Norwegian, or whatever it was, Scandi film, which yeah. is absolutely amazing. So Blair Witch got a lot of criticism in terms of you know it's actually just a couple of people running around. Yeah, with a camera snotting into it and crying and stuff. Right? Yeah, but um, so scary to, to a different level. So, 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 on a personal level, there's a little bit of a story about the Blair Witch. Myself and uh, my partner watched the film late at night. Like she was like scared out of her wits, and as a joke. Because, because, like, obviously, a little bit dark, right? But um, as a joke, like, said, "Oh, um, if you close everything off downstairs, I'll, I'll, I'll head upstairs." And then um, closed all the lights off upstairs, and I put a blanket over my head <laughs> in the corner of the landing, mm-hmm. knowing that all the lights were off upstairs as well. <laughs> so she came upstairs, couldn't find the light switch. And then flicked the light switch on, and I was just in a blanket in the corner, and just like turning around and went <laughs> like that. And um, she's never really forgiven me for that. That's I, I, I just thought that was really nice. That's little light like, um, It made me really happy. That's really good. Really good work. Like passive aggressive. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's it. So, so go on, then, JC. What year? Oh. Um, that would have been in the 90s about I reckon that would have been 19 <laughs> 19 I'm going to go for 2000 
99. Damn! I was going to say 99. Um, budget and box office. Oh, low. I mean, budget was like... £75,000. £60,000. Wow, I'm, that's, I'm not far great off Great shot, there. that is. Great okay. shot. Box office Box takings. £30 million. 250 Wow. So it makes it one of the most, if not that most, successful independent films that ever. That is crazy. Uh, it's launched sequels, books, other Absolutely. films. Absolutely. So, oh, wow. I mean, I'm blown away by that. Um, i caveat that with... Budget estimates range from thirty-five thousand to seven hundred and fifty thousand, right. but it's been officially budgeted at sixty thousand. Um, Easy. So yeah, uh, yeah, good film. Right. And I'm glad I got my as above, so below in there. So my last film now is another. I struggled. I said the first thing. I struggled with this because there's so many horror films I haven't seen, also so many that I don't think are that good. Yeah. So I put in Jaws as a thriller. This one. You are you going to give us some teasers here? Semi spoof. You could almost say comedy. Okay. But it does. Ha- it is slasher. It is horror. You're not going to say scream. Scream. Oh yes. Yeah. Great. Um, which I think Wes Craven was involved in as I well. I think actually. so. Yeah. Um, but I, uh, growing up, I found that terrifying really yeah like there's there's that scene in the house where she's making popcorn so it's like that it's that it's that like oh, frat party who's gonna get so that was like a Friday the 13th sort of thing going yeah on. and it's obviously been caned by like a scary movie and stuff yeah. and spoofs and stuff but but wasn't that wasn't it groundbreaking that you could make a spoof of a horror film with nods to everything that's gone before also funny because it's all nods to Damn bloody scary! Mm. Wow. But I mean, I say I say Scream was comedy. It wasn't, but I think some parts of it were. were because it started off as how we're but just then, doing in jokes yeah, and but, stuff but like that. At the end, when they find out the killer is that guy, and they keep stabbing him, and he's like, "Stop stabbing me! It really hurts." Love that. Dark, dark, very dark. Great shout. So well, that was a big, big film as well, wasn't it? Big film. I mean, I remember everybody was watching that when I was younger, and and obviously spawned lots of sequels. But there were so many big scenes in that that were so frightening because you had someone on the phone calling you while they were doing stuff to you. Yeah, you know? brilliant. And then you know, love that. And it's so well crafted and done. Oh, so good. So what year? Also Drew Barrymore in there, Neve Neve Campbell, Courtney Cox, Courtney Cox, David Arquette. Yes. No, lots of stuff going on. Great. What year? Oh, um, I reckon that was probably was that early two thousands. No. Oh, I'm well off. Ninety six. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Budget and box office. Budget would have been pretty tasty, actually. I'm gonna go for um, twenty five, thirty. Fifteen. Okay. Okay. What are you saying for box office? I thought it was a huge success. I thought that was quite big, actually. I'll, I'll go for 200. 200, yeah. Wow, yeah. okay. Shot. Nice work. That's decent. But that spawned lots of sequels as well, didn't it? That's how big. Yeah, and also like scary movies. Do stuff. you measure a film on its all sequels and successes? But it was obviously quite That's big. There's probably another podcast of sequels more successful than the original. Decent. 
Um, I'm sure there's a lot of Disney ones like that. But so that's my five though. Do I have one left? I, I think so. I don't know. I think I'll probably go with. Have you gone with all of it? I don't know. What have you said? You said The Exorcist. Well, we both said The Exorcist. <sighs> Sorry, fly. Um, <laughs> you Is there a fly? The moth, actually. Is it a blunder fly? No. You said The Exorcist. Um, the thing. The thing. Nightmare on Elm Street. Friday, yeah, Friday the Thirteenth. No, I didn't say Friday the Thirteenth. I was nodding to that. I said Blair Witch. Oh, yeah. And um, so. The one that I really, really think is should it is in my top ten films of all time is Psycho, and it's absolutely so that was really high on a lot of lists. Horrendously terrifying because you've got an absolute madman just doing like yeah. people just coming to his out of town motel, like just on spec, taking an opportunity. Yeah. With, oh, I'll give you the key to this room, and go. Oh, you will be my next victim. Yeah. And then there's there's non the class, right? Norm base. There's and obviously the mother. Is there a mother or what? You know, in oh, absolutely crazy. The shower scene. And, it, it, and it's Hitchcock, right? The, the so music again, or just the all violin. over it. <laughs> but she probably raised a good question about other. Not a question, but you know, nod to things like the birds. Yeah, you know, I mean, you can say Hitchcock all over is a horror yeah. genius. So, my one of my favourite scenes of all time is when the police come to the motel and Hitchcock directs his little piece masterpiece, and the sheriff comes in, and I think it might be the sheriff who's in. Um, you know, in the James Bond films and stuff like that. Mm. He turns you think up, it's the same? It turns up in Smoking the Bandit and stuff like that. I think, and I might be completely wrong, but I think it might be the same sheriff. But there's, he cuts. And he's questioning um, uh, Perkins about what's going on. Okay. And he, and he reaches into the... Because it's really hot. He reaches into an ice bucket... And he takes some ice out, and it's all bloody in the ice bucket. But the sheriff doesn't look, and he just l goes in and just wipes his head with oh, ice like that, covered in blood, and just puts it back. It's I mean, that's pretty cracking Well, no, it's not like you know, obviously his forehead isn't full of blood or anything like that. But he just opens it up, just cools his hand down. <laughs> cracking, I mean, classic scene. Hitchcock. Wasn't Hitchcock the inventor of the cameo? Well, he was in all of his... Yeah. Well, I think right. in the majority of films. It was interesting. Um, I mean, you could do a Hitchcock podcast, right? You could. Uh, you could do a cameo podcast. Yeah, absolutely. Which would be Hitchcock, Stan Lee. It's anyway. like a terrifying scene where you think, it's really weird, like, oh, he's going to get found out because the sheriff's turned up and he's going to find the body in the ice cooler... But he doesn't because he just reaches in. He go, oh, you almost like don't want him to be found out, but you do. Yeah, it's such a great piece of cinematography. It's so good. So, um, yeah. Oh, nominated. What for, what nominated. For Psycho. Yeah, um, nominated for four Academy Awards, by the way. Yeah, I uh, didn't win any of them. 
Um, best director, best supporting actress, best cinematography, and best art direction. So who was the actress? It was um, Janet Leigh. Janet Leigh, yeah. yeah. Um, uh, Perkins, um, what's yeah, his name? Anthony Perkins. Anthony Perkins. Um, I think that was like 70... No, I think it was... 77. Throw it out there. I'm off. 1960. Oh, I am well off. Way off. Okay. Because it's black and white. Yeah. But I also thought it was... I don't know. It's one of, uh, anyway. 1960. Budget and box office. Budget would have been... 5 million. Much, much lower. Oh, really? 800 grand, apparently. Wow. Okay. Box office. So relatively to that, 1960, I'd probably go with 10 million. 50. Wow, so that was a big hit. Yeah, which is surprising. But again, probably in that era, not a great deal of films in that genre out, so probably everybody went to see them. Mm, Obviously, I think I've caned you now for a couple of episodes on the budget and box office. So maybe the next I'm episode you ask me, so I can embarrass myself for how how I reckon, far I off I am. We might might have to keep tally here. Yeah, somehow. Um, great. So great. I mean, I got all my honourable mentions in. I think again, I, I was a bit cheeky with some thrillers over horrors, but Loads horrors of hard. Mentions. But again, like we're not we're talking about films we've enjoyed it. We're not talking about like slashers or just scary jump horrors you know because yeah. actually jump horrors I might put out like paranormal activity in there yeah. because there's some really creepy stuff in there very creepy but there's, I don't know just not, not enough substance to me to it and that's a bit of a found footage thing as well actually isn't it um, yeah because it's a camera in the bedroom sort of thing yeah which I know you're a big fan of um, <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah so uh, Great. another episode done I think we'll we'll come back with another theme and genre but obviously get in touch if anyone's got any questions or, or actually let us know if there's anything that you want to do top five of yeah exactly yeah or if we've missed any glaring films or anything um, but yeah top five trilogies top five comedies top five dramas top comedies five it's going to be so hard so let us know top five but then you get into eras, don't you? Top five eighties films. Yeah, well, it's 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 all there, isn't it? Top five films with David Bowie about a labyrinth. Top five films with a time traveling car that involves Marty McFly. Yeah, in a good one. Life preserver. There's probably loads of those, but obviously my favorite film so, of all time. So yeah, so that would be in yours. Pushing in mine. Um, if it wasn't for the fact that I've seen the first film so many times that it's getting a bit dry for me. Really? But the second one I, I think is great because of the lace up Nikes. Love that. Also lacing Nikes. Why not? And Biff, obviously. There's nothing to not like about we a hoverboard. Could, we could probably. I mean, it's difficult to do a top five on a film franchise of three. Trilogy, isn't it? But. Those are trilogies. Yeah. Okay. Top five. Anyway, yeah. Great. Thanks, everyone. Catch you next time.